We are continually working to improve the customer experience at OC Transport, including introducing new and improved tools and technology to improve the experience for our customers. Some recent examples of this would be the introduction of the virtual queue at our downtown client service center and upgrades to the smart card readers on our fare gates to allow fare payment by credit card, mobile wallet and tap make payments seamless and convenient. Welcome to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to welcome all listeners from around the world to Mobility Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Jaspal Singh. Mobility Innovator Podcast invites key innovators in the transportation and logistics sector to share their thoughts about the key changes in the sector, about their work, and what is their forecast for the future. I'm very excited about my conversation with a special guest today. She has spent around 20 years in the public transportation sector and started her career as an engineer at STM Montreal. She's currently the general manager of OC Transport, a public transport operator in Ottawa, a capital city of Canada. OC Transport currently operates 900 vehicles and 12.5 kilometers of electric light rail system in the city. It also provides para-transport service to the resident and has an expanding fleet of electric buses. She joined the position in October 2021 after spending 19 years at STM Montreal. During her stint at STM Montreal, she managed a different department, including the planning section, bus maintenance operation. She's also the winner of the exceptional Women Leadership Prize for the large company awarded by the Federation of Chamber of Commerce in 2018. I'm so happy to welcome Renee Amrika, General Manager, OC Transport. It's now time to listen and learn. Hello, Renee. Thank you so much for joining on this show. I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation today. Hi, Jasper. Thank you for having me. Thank you, uh, Renee. And today I'll be spending time getting to know more about you, your current role, and your thought on innovation in mobility sector. To begin with, I would like you to share some fun fact with our listener. And also, are there any interesting facts about your career that are not on LinkedIn? Thank you again, Jasper, for having me and your podcast today. I started my career as a respiratory therapist, and very quickly I found that I could and I should do more, so I decided to go back to school. When the time arrived to choose, it was difficult to choose between engineering and medicine, as I have been accepted in engineering field at the Polytechnic, I finally decided to become an engineer. Hmm. The rest is story. As they say, engineering lands itself to so many different industries and in 2002 i took an opportunity in the transportation industry which ended up being the starting point of a long and exciting career great uh, no you are doing great in this area and, and actually that's that's my follow-up question like you did your bachelor in industrial engineering from polytechnic montreal and after spending some time in aeronautic and telecommunication industry, you did your MBA from University of uh, Sherbrooke. After that, you joined SEM Montreal in the bus planning and maintenance department. Later, you joined the bus operation department as executive director. And you did amazing work by growing the bus fleet by 15% during your tenure and defined the vision of electrification of bus network by 2025. I would love to know more about that. But after your long stint at STM Montreal, you took another challenge of joining OC Transpo in October 2021 as a general manager. So I have a two question for you. Uh, generally, after MBA, people join 
another profession like banking, consulting, some other white collar job and all. Why did you choose to work with STM Montreal? And what kept you motivated to work for 19 years with STM? It's a, it's a long time. And the second question is, why did you decide to join OC Transport when you were at the peak of your career at STM Montreal? You know, an MAO can be useful in many industries beyond banking and consulting. At its core, a transit system is a business like any other. Although we are accountable to the public in a way that most private business are not, we provide an important service with complex operations requiring good business knowledge and strong leadership. The skills gained from an MBA are very relevant and lend themselves to this type of industry in many ways. What I enjoyed most about my time at STM is that there was always a new challenge and opportunities for progression in my career. It's a wonderful organization. Becoming the GM at OC Transport really felt like a natural next step in my career. I was ready for a new challenge and I wanted to play a role in the many exciting developments in Ottawa, particularly with the upcoming stage two expansions in the east, west and south ends of Ottawa, including to the airport. I'm very excited to be part of the transformation here as we expand our light rail system, increase our usage of electric buses, and look ahead to the future of transit. Yeah, that's great. And I think all the all the great leaders look for new challenge. They don't look for new position or uh, new designation, but what they look for is where they can solve the real problem and real uh, challenges. And I love your answer. And now I would like to ask something uh, which is close to my heart, and I know you are also doing that, is women in leadership role. Uh, when you joined OC Transport, it was the third time you became the first woman to hold a position of importance in the industry. You were the first woman appointed to the bus maintenance department of OSTM Montreal. You were the chair of bus committee of International Association of Public Transport. And then now you are the general manager of OC Transport. So we do see diversity at the bottom, at the median level in the company, but the number became less and less at the top of the hierarchy, which is very sad. Uh, and the another challenge is in, the, in public transport industry, the major users are women. Uh, the majority of uh, customers are women, but we don't see them in leadership position. What is your message to the other women colleague? How can they break this glass ceiling? And how can we promote more women in the mobility sector? I'm a servant leader and advocate for studying and learning. To me, it's important to go to school and learn as much as you can. Having women in leadership positions helps to close the gender gap in this and many other industries. This provides women who are potential leaders with role models and examples of what their career trajectory could look like. It also shows women that they are part of an organization that values their contributions. Equity, diversity, and inclusion are so important for me. Around half our population is female. We should take every opportunity to share ideas. Often, we think of men and women as opposites competing with each other. Yeah. I believe that it's totally different. 
Tillman gave me the opportunity to lead bus maintenance at STM, which led to, me, to my promotion to the director of bus operations there. It was not common to do that, and they did. The city manager in Ottawa also made a change by hiring a diverse candidate, who is also a woman at the general manager for Ossé Transport, which was a departure from previous hires. Men are very much partners with women in this yeah. journey toward inclusion. They play an important role as our supporters and our allies. In today's day and age, there is much more support for women. Well, thank you. Thank you for your answer. And I fully agree with you. Learning is very important. And I love your point about the role of men also in promoting women entrepreneurship and leadership. And in fact, uh, Mohammed from UITP, he is a big advocate of diversity and inclusion. And in one of the sessions, he highlighted that uh, if if it's a session on women in mobility, there should be more participants, uh, diverse participants, not only the women, but there should be more men in that room to discuss about that. So I, I love your answer that it's it's important. They are not opposite. Uh, they need to work together. And uh, and we are seeing the change. I mean, you are one of the example of that change where uh, we are seeing more and more women in the leadership role and uh, helping to climb other. Uh, great. Uh, now, my next question is about your role as a female chairperson of UITP, but this isn't. Uh, you were the first uh, female chairperson of UITP bus division, which is quite diverse. Uh, the bus division has more than 400 organization and operator from around the world. The committee is working on so many different topics, autonomous mobility, customer service, decarbonization, digitization, electric bus, network planning, uh, and so many other topics from around the world. You are working with these bus operators across the globe. Can you share some of the best practices learned from these operators? And how can some of these learning can be help operator in North America? Because I feel uh, in North America, we have a good system, but we lack some of the some of the initiative, which can be learned from outside. But sometimes we are close and not eager to learn from outside. But can you share some of these learning which you got from those working group? Sure. You know, Jasper, before I became chair of the UITP bus division, I was the president of the bus committee. I had this opportunity to travel to other transit agencies throughout the world to see how many of their systems operate in cities such as Shenzhen and Morocco. Yeah. We learned a lot. It's important to visit, to visit other places and see for yourself. You cannot simply have people tell you. It's important to see. When I visited Shenzhen, it brought a lot of ideas which I saw with my own eyes and experienced for myself. It was also helpful to see how people live and how they do things. It also gave me the chance to make connections with colleagues who I can reach out to. For me, we can learn from others by visiting them. Go, be open and see with your own eyes. Ask questions about why things are done a certain way. In-person and hands-on experience are very key. My vision for the electric buses came from UITP, but visiting Shenzhen was also very helpful, as that it's one of the first cities with entirely electric buses. They showed that it was possible and what it would look like in practice. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. Uh... 
visiting and seeing yourself. And I agree with you asking question, like how they implemented and why did they do these practices? I mean, Shenzhen is one of the best example for electrification with 15,000 electric buses in just five or six years span. It's, it's really remarkable. And I think other cities are falling too, but I love when you mentioned Morocco as well, one of the example. And, and now you'll be visiting some other city as part of uh, your role as a chairperson of UITP. So I wish you good, good success in the committee, but also I, I hope you will bring a lot of new learning for the, for the transit authority here in, in Canada. So now shifting gears a bit, uh, OC Transport recently identified seven priority initiative for 2022, which include uh, continuing response to COVID pandemic. It's not over yet. And then enhancing the performance of LRT system. We will discuss in detail about that. And, and like you mentioned, the construction and readiness of stage two of O-Transport, O-Train expansion, and then paratransport improvement, zero emission bus program, fare system improvement, that there is also discussion going on that. And one of the, one of the biggest challenges is increasing ridership. So I would like to discuss the impact of COVID-19 and how the pandemic changed the public transport sector in North America. There is a double challenge for public transport operator. And I would love to know more from you as a GM uh, of heading organization is uh, one, the ridership, which is still 55 to 60% of the origin level in 2019. And secondly, the rising inflation, uh, there is an impact on the cost uh, for the operation. So I can imagine your job is not easy. It, it must be full of challenges. So what approach uh, you are following to bring back lost ridership and how are you evolving the long-term strategy of OC Transport? You can't you can't think of business as usual. You have to do something very different. So what are your long-term plans? This is a nice question. I like this one, especially. <laughs> you know, the habits and the routines of the average transit user have changed so much since the beginning of the pandemic. Before the pandemic, ridership in, on Ottawa's transit system was among the highest per capita of any North American city. Mm. We had an average of 300,000 trips per day on our conventional buses, 160,000 on light rail, and 3,000 on paratransport in a city with a population of around 1 million people. Most pre-pandemic transit users in Ottawa were downtown government workers and students. So Ottawa had a very high rate of remote workers during the pandemic, many of which continue to work remotely. At times, almost half, 47% of our residents worked from home. Marketing will also be essential to our recovery. As we focus on the priorities of this next generation of transit users and highlight the many advantages of using public transport. Continue to work on secure and sustainable service how we can reach people working from home to meet their new and changing travel needs to adapt to their needs. This kind of initiative will do a lot to ensure that people are aware of what we offer, such as sharing passes, credit card and mobile tax payment, yeah. self-serve digital channel, channels, and so more. For ridership levels to recover, we should be open to new and alternative approaches to transit that allow customers to create a personalized combination of transportation modes to best 
serve their needs. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, thanks for sharing. I didn't know that uh, Ottawa has such a high number of ridership and highest per capita ridership uh, yeah. in North America. It's, it's great to see that. And like you said, there was a captive audience of government uh, workers and government employees and and the students. And and I love your line about how to cater to the need of next generation of passenger. You cannot think about doing the old stuff. You have to really go out of box and and think about the need of these uh, next generation of uh, customer. In fact, my next question is about that because throughout my research, one thing I found very consistent and common is that uh, in your career, you always focus on customer experience. Uh, even as a maintenance director and the bus operation director, you always focus on how to provide better buses and services to the customer. And public transport agencies should use technology and share real-time information with the riders. Like you mentioned, uh, using digital tool, self-service kiosk, uh, providing mobile application to use those stuff. And and riders should able to book and pay for their trips smoothly because sometimes there are a lot of challenge even to pay for the ticket. So also some of the transit authority, we need to remember that uh, the our employees are also our customers. So how to make their job easier and smooth. And I know during your SCM Montreal, you did a lot of digital initiative in the maintenance department. What are the technology initiative are taken or plan by OC Transport to improve customer experience? You mentioned some of them, but uh, I would love to know a little more about what are those initiative and how you think uh, it can help really the customer. Sure. We are continually working to improve the customer experience at OC Transport, including introducing new and improved tools and technology to improve the experience for our customers. Some recent examples of this would be the introduction of the virtual queue at our downtown client service center and upgrades to the smart card readers on our fare gates to allow fare payment by credit card, mobile wallet and tap make payments seamless and convenient. On a larger scale, initiatives such as our trans transition to battery electric buses will also have a positive impact on the customer experience by providing cleaner and quieter transit experience while reducing our environmental impact. Similarly, the stage two light rail expansion will help to reduce the number of transfers and travel time for many yeah. of our customers, which will significantly improve the customer experience for those that currently transfer to a bus to get to the destinations that will be served by the expansions. Great. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that uh, in transit agency as well, you can use this option of virtual queue because generally you see in the bank, but I, I first time I'm seeing uh, example in, in, in transit, uh, system but i think it's a it's a good tool because then people don't need to waste time standing in a physical queue and waiting for their turn and they can just log in online and can be in a in a virtual queue so thanks for right. thanks for sharing that and Thank i agree you. with your point about uh, the role of electric buses to improve customer experience uh, and uh, in, in fact my next question is about that uh, on the zero emission bus program that Right now, OC Transport is testing around four electric buses and uh, looking to add 26 more e-buses by 2023. Uh, and there is a plan to have a total of 446. So it's a, it's a large fleet by North America standard uh, by 2027. But uh, 
even before at OTC OC Transport, you did a lot of work on electric buses at SEM Montreal. So you have a long experience in the operation and maintenance of these electric buses. What is your assessment of electric buses and what kind of changes will be required for the successful operation of electric buses? Because some of the city thing is just replacing the fleet, but, but that's not true. And I would love to know from your experience. And how do you think technology will play a key role in the management and operation of electric buses? Well, globally, we're seeing a shift toward electric and zero emission vehicles, which extends far beyond transit. We have to commit to the reduction of greenhouse gases if we want to limit the impacts of climate change and work to save our planet. Yeah. Our customers, employees, and all of our stakeholders will be involved in this transformation. It's not a project, it's a transformation. We'll need technology to manage battery levels and chargers. We'll also need to transform our garages to be able to receive those buses. And we'll need new skills and training for the people currently managing the diesel buses. Project management will be important to make sure we capture everything. Yeah. The planning of the service will also be different as we consider new factors such as battery life and char charging time. I agree with you. Uh, the whole planning process needs to change. And one of the key points you mentioned, which a lot of people, a lot of agencies miss, is the new skills an employer require to manage this transition. And in fact, I remember when I spoke to people at Shenzhen Bus, uh, they have to change 60% of their manpower. Not, they didn't replace them, but they reskill the 60% of their manpower from mm -hmm. uh, mechanical division to electrical and, and body mechanic and other parts. So it's a big change. And in fact, uh, uh, that's what I want to discuss more with you is because a lot of transit agencies in North America are facing a huge challenge with the staff and the driver. Uh, in fact, uh, the report published by Transit Center highlight that 70% of transit agencies in the U.S. are facing driver and staff shortage. And uh, they are taking a lot of major to address these challenges. But uh, new challenge you mentioned, when you have these electric buses or the new technologies coming into the picture, you need a new kind of a talent and staff in the team. You need people with data analytics skill. You need people with project management skill. You need people with uh, managing the high load of electricity and, and electrification load uh, skill. So and also cybersecurity. But the challenge is uh, you are not alone. So you are competing with a lot of other transit agencies as well as a lot of other IT companies for the same kind of a talent, the startups mm -hmm. and uh, and other companies which are moving that shift and all. So is OC Transfer facing a similar challenge with staffing? And how are you overcoming this challenge? Uh, and also I want to know, is it, are you using this as an opportunity to restructure the whole organization? Are you creating new roles? Are you creating a new hierarchy? What kind of changes you're bringing to the organization? In Canada, and even more so in Quebec and Ontario, we are seeing a significant staffing shortage as we see more retirements and fewer workers mm -hmm. willing to take public facing and frontline jobs. It's not an easy job to be a bus driver. Frequently working schedules that no, do not align with regular business hours. We also need them more on the weekend. Now, as people are able to do more on the weekend and are commuting yeah. less during the week. In Ottawa, 
were federally regulated and new federal regulations such as mandate breaks have been introduced. While these changes are incredibly beneficial to employees, we now need more operators than before to provide the same level of service to our customers. We've done a lot more promotion of our job opportunities with a dedicated team running a hiring campaign with marketing, bus advertisement, information stations, and outreach to attract new bus operators. Okay. We need to change the way that we use to do things and work with what is available to us. This could mean providing additional training to help bus drivers with soft skills, such as customer service, to help more people succeed. Succession planning, along with centralizing our core business functions, play a big part in designing our long-term organizational structure. Hybrid and flexible working models, yeah. learning and development programs, mentoring, job shadowing, and leadership programs are important to our success. Rather than working harder, our focus is on working more effectively to ensure we can provide a working environment that provides work-life balance and job satisfaction. Why well, I really like your line about rather than working harder, we should work more effectively and, and technology can be the tool to do that and, and making that su succession plan, mentoring and connecting people because like you said, it's not easy to be a bus driver. Uh, it's a it's a very hard job and uh, nobody want to do it, especially the new generation. They are not excited to be a bus driver. Yeah. But how can you make a long-term plan where people are not just join as a bus driver and retire as a bus driver, but they actually have a succession plan. So you work in the industry and then you get promoted within the organization or outside and, and move to a better role and position over the period of time. So I, I really love your point. And I, I, I think it'll be a great uh, lessons for other transit agencies, how to look driving as a profession, not just as a bus driver, but also a future, a customer care ex executive or, or a manager staff or transit transport advisor and all. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that uh, great point. Now the biggest challenge in your hand, the light rail system and the uh, electrical light rail system was launched in Ottawa in 2019. Uh, however, the Confederation line stage one, which is 12.5 kilometer long with 13 station has faced a lot of challenges since the beginning, uh, even before you joined. So, I mean, there are some legacy issue you need to handle and there are multiple stakeholders involved in the project. That's the biggest challenge. You need to take everything, everybody al along with you to, to do that. And now you're, going to enhance the performance of LRT in 2022, as well as extension of stage two, which will add another 44 kilometer of rail network and 24 new station. And like you said, uh, it will help people to reduce the transfer and they can get uh, uh, from start A to B, they can get a, a, a full network. So they don't need to do too many transfer. And in fact, uh, in one of the study, it mentioned that the 77% of residents in Ottawa will be living within five kilometer of rail, which is remarkable. Uh, so can you share how the stage two development will be different from stage one? How will you address some of these challenges which were there earlier and how you're using technology and innovation to address some of these challenges? Thank you for giving me this opportunity to reach uh, with the people about the LRT. 
It's important to remember that when we launched stage one, this had never been done before here in Ottawa. On top of that, we use a P3 model with many stakeholders, which was challenging as well. We learned a lot in the last three years, and during the planning process, we will continue to improve. With stage two, we have the benefits of insight. We know what worked well and what didn't. We know what processes and practices need to be in place, what barriers we can expect, and how to mitigate them. We've developed the training programs and in many cases are just expanding on what we are already doing. Yeah. We've also made many proactive changes to our process from reviews, audit and lessons learned that have been documented since the launch of line one. For example, we've made changes to the procurement process, adjusted the wording in the project agreement, kept key staff from stage one involved in planning for stage two, among many other improvements. We have dedicated groups assigned to the rail construction project, communications and engineering, and have increased our oversight both internally and with third party reviewers to provide additional verification and certification of the quality and functionality of our systems. We've also made technical improvements such as gas switch heaters, yeah. new connectivity projects, and operational changes such as new processes for system integration and extended trial running period. Lastly, we benefit from new innovations and improvements identified by other new light rail initiatives in Canada yeah. and continue to apply industry best practices. We learn more. Stage two will change the balance of light rail and conventional buses within our system. And it will also be different from a customer experience standpoint. Right now, most of our customers still need to take a bus and transfer to light rail to get to their destinations. Once stage two is complete, transfers will be less frequent. Customers will be able to access the light rail system more directly. It will also provide opportunities to innovate how we provide local bus service. Yeah. One of the good thing with LRT is that we are very high tech with our technology. We use the most advanced technology available to us. We will definitely continue to improve as the technology becomes more advanced. Great. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, I look forward to visit Ottawa soon and try out myself. But I think what you mentioned, I really like as a leader, your point about accepting that, okay, there were some challenges, but now we learned lessons from those and, and we know how to improve rather than just uh, saying, okay, there were challenges and, and discussing time on the problem. But, but what you are doing is spending more time on the solution and discussing yes. how you're making those changes and how you're bringing uh, new technology to improve some of the operation and, and the trial run. So that's more important. So spending more time in the trial this time. And, uh, and also working with the partner to make sure that uh, no, no past mistakes are repeated and all. So I, I really love your answer because that's how the leader should uh, take forward the agenda and all. And actually that is my last question. Uh, 
I would like to learn from your management and leadership experience. What is your leadership strategy or mantra? And uh, how is the role of leader changing in the new technological era? My mantra is people first. Hmm. I'm very hands-on and people-oriented and want to understand everything so I can coach people without my co-managing. As a leader, I try to be authentic and open to change. It's important to continuously learn and adapt. Most importantly, you must listen to your people. Yeah. They are your experts. And I rely so much on the insights from the incredible team of people working with me at OC Transpo every single day. The role of leaders in this new area of technology continues to evolve. There is so much uncertainty in the world right now. Yeah. And I think a big part of our role as leaders is to be a source of stability to those who lead while building consensus and trust among our teams. It's also to ensure we prioritize balance between the personal and professional lives in our teams. Yeah. We should strive to understand the points of view of others through direct and open communication. And we must have a clear vision for the road ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, people first approach always work. And like I said, you always focus on customer service and customer experience. And now also the people first within the team and bringing the transparency and bringing everybody together. No, there are so many good uh, management lessons. So thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, so thank you, uh, Rene, for sharing. Uh, you know, we learn about your professional experience, your professional journey and all. But uh, we have this rapid fire question round and the purpose of this question round is to learn about you as a person uh, okay. and <laughs> your personal side of thing. And we have this five question. You will need to answer them quickly. So whenever you're ready, I'll I'll just start. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So now my first question is, if you were not in the mobility or this transportation space, what other profession you would have selected? Physician, being a doctor. Yeah, definitely. Being a doctor, huh? you're you're still helping people. So I think the, the goal is same, it's just the different profession. Absolutely. Now you mentioned that uh, you get an opportunity to travel around the world. You visited so many cities around the world. I would say, which is your favorite city in the world? Prague. Prague. And any specific reason? It's so nice. I don't know. I really adopt this uh, city. It's very, very nice. I've never been there, but I heard it's a it's a nice place. So probably that should be on my <laughs> bucket list now. Yeah. Now, as a as a person working in a transportation for so long, and I'm pretty sure whenever you visit a new city, you must be checking out the the transit network of that city. So I would say, which city has the best transit network in the world? Tokyo. Tokyo. Because Tokyo, it's amazing. Everything is clean, choreographed, on time, on schedule, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's a favorite among many of uh, the past uh, guests and, and my too. So Tokyo, I have experience and uh, it's, uh, it's not only a transit, it's a lifeline of that city. Uh, I mean, also the transit is lifeline for every city. Now, the next question is, and maybe difficult for you, because uh, to pick one is always difficult. Who is your favorite leader in mobility sector? 
At a time when inclusion, diversity, and equity are top of mind for everyone, Mohamed Megani, Secretary General of UITP, is an excellent example of a leader who is bold enough to believe in and defend the place of women in the transportation industry. Yeah. No, Mohammed. Mohammed is great. In fact, I don't. Not many people know that he is. Uh, he has this policy of menal, so no UITP event or staff can participate in a session where there is no female speaker. So yeah. we have a strict policy. Whatever is the session, whatever is the event, you have to have diversity, and and he do that. Uh, so yes. so thanks for thanks for that, and I think Mohammed will be happy. to to hear that uh, now my last question is if you can change one thing in life what would it be no disease no disease yeah you want the world to be disease free mm. <laughs> <laughs> no i agree it's a it's a challenge and i think the covid free world is yeah. another thing you know a lot of people want yes. uh, but thank you so much rene i think uh, thank you for your great insight i really love this conversation with you and learn a lot from your experience Thank you so much Jasper it was a pleasure and I hope uh, to see you again bye bye look forward to see you thank you for listening to this podcast we'll be inviting some other inspiring guests in the coming week you can subscribe to this podcast online to get the notification for the next episode if you like this podcast please 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 don't forget to give us a five star rating as it will help us to spread our message if you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast please do write to us at info@mobility-innovators.com at i look forward to see you next time